All right, Buzz Buzz babies, welcome back to another episode of Blake's Buzz. We're doing a special double release this week, so this is your episode five variant. That's right, we do variants on this podcast, and we're going to talk about a new Kickstarter that is just pretty kick-ass. It's called Starweed, and it's uh, drawn by the magnificent Tony Gregori and written by the very intensely handsome Lex Wilson. Gentlemen, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having us. Yeah, Blake, thanks for having us. <laughs> no, I've I've, uh, I've been excited. I like because I watched so much um, some of your, so much of your guys's press work for uh, Dust Pirates. Like I've been like, man, I wish I, like I kind of wanted to get Tony on the show. He seemed like a interesting dude. And then after reading your guys's comic, which is just insane, um, in in a good way. Uh, I mean, Lex, you you're an intriguing uh, writer. Like I kind of was really stoked to pick both of your brains. Thanks. I appreciate that. So this is, we're going into the second issue, but have no fear, Kickstarter warriors, because you can get both issues physically or digitally in the campaign. And we'll, you know, have links and all that good stuff for you uh, in the informations. Uh, we'll make sure you know how to get there. Um, but the the gist of it um, is like, uh, like you guys have combined science fiction and grave robbing uh, and drug dealing, uh, drug smuggling, I guess is a better term, but um you guys are the creatives. Like, uh, real quick, pitch me, pitch me Starweed so our readers know what we're talking about. Tony, you want to go for it? No, you're the writer. All right. Um, in a world where uh, people smoke the remains of dead celebrities, we uh, we are telling a story about the people who heist corpses. And, uh, yeah, it's a little bit Indiana Jones, a little bit um, Ocean's Eleven, I guess, a little bit... Uh, um prison fight movies i don't know it, it's uh, it's got a little of everything but uh yeah a little bit of blues brothers a little bit little of blues, blues brothers a little bit That's of Tom right. and jerry yeah a little oscar and lucinda a little uh, <laughs> uh it's kramer kramer versus kramer you know kramer versus kramer. Kramer. Uh, it's, more, it's more it's more kramer than kramer though i i would say i don't know kramer from seinfeld though not 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 Dustin Hoffman. Kramer versus himself or like Kramer, Kramer versus Kramer, like Kramer versus the actor. Like how, <laughs> how meta are we getting here guys? <laughs> yeah. Pretty meta. Star Wars very meta. I think it's more Elaine than Kramer, but uh... yeah, for sure. Especially with the dance moves. <laughs> it's what it is guys is, is awesome. Uh, yet again, like I kind of just, hopped in blindly uh which i've come to really enjoy is just like just jumping into a, a random narrative uh and just kind of seeing what's up like i mean all i saw was originally is, is your new covers for issue two which has a tyrannosaurus rex and dinosaurs on the erica variant so like i really had no idea what i was getting into and it was a ride like just like 120 percent fun and just like a different real a really different vibe for science fiction and of course every page looks great like the art is stellar um what how did this like have like what what sparked this idea like what's what was the flame that touched the herb that produced the essence that made this story like how did that well, i want this to be I'm, this is gonna be kind of like a debate because I want to say, well, first, Blake, I want to say thank you for all those kind words that you have <laughs> to say, and thank you for hosting us on this podcast. Uh, the initial idea um, 
So you've read issue two, it sounds like? No, just, well? just the first one. Just yeah. one? Okay. Yeah. So issue two, uh, it starts out with our our hero in, uh, in space prison. And I had written a short story about somebody in a space prison trying to escape. And um, after that story was published, I was trying to figure out how do we expand that, that sort of thing. Um, and I needed a reason why she was in prison in the first place, which I don't think I ever came up with. And I needed what happens next, and, you know, what happened before, what happened next. And I ended up coming up with um, with pretty much the plot of Starweed. It was a different character. It was not a very, very likable character. Um, and you could argue that our, our current character isn't the most likable character, but, you know, um, but she, uh, I think she's got, she's got a charisma, uh, all her own. And, uh, I think the way she's, Tony she's draws charming. her, and, yeah, she, she she's charm. charming. She's, she's compelling in, in a lot of different ways. Uh, this other character was more just a sociopath type thing. Uh, so, you know, autobiographical. <laughs> I, can see the, I can see the kernels of a sociopath in, in Diggs. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. There's, there's there's some DNA that they share and that sort of thing. But yeah, basically creating a new character and, and making it it's something wholly new. Uh, once I realized that that short story, like trying to um, trying to flesh out that short story wasn't doing the longer version any favors. You know, like now that we've taken what we want from that, move, move away. Uh, and then I, uh, I found Tony and... And um, yeah, it's uh, uh, that's how everything you see is 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 Tony's interpretation of that, and uh, and uh, us having long talks and figuring out what would be fun, what would be cool, what what would be uh, be interesting to us, and uh, yeah, that's how we that's how we made a comic. Very cool. It's funny, like I don't want to like be offensive or anything, but I just recently like found Tony's art. Like I I hadn't been familiar with a lot of his work before um the dust pirates son of a bitch i know man I, <laughs> why would that be offensive <laughs> well just like i it's i don't know if you have someone on your show you probably shouldn't have been like hey i just heard about you yesterday that's cool hey, I, it doesn't matter how you <laughs> found me just i'm glad you found me <laughs> um but so i mean yeah I, I really liked his art in the dust pirates and then um you know like i i interviewed those guys and you know was uh, excited about that and then um the time traveling one with the monkey oh ancient noise yeah ancient noise yeah Yes, like yeah, I got David to read, Crispino. I got to read Ancient Noise, and and that was really really cool. And uh, now I'm stumbling across his his kicks his back to back kickstarters and it's just like i just like all of a sudden like he's everywhere like i just like he's new to me and i'm like guys in every damn book how to miss him like are do you sleep like you just do hot yoga and then you draw tons of pictures all night like i sleep for about six hours a night that's all, oh that's 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 yeah. that does it well like what you're seeing is a cum cumulative effort of like the last couple of years so um you know, Starweed, uh, I drew, I finished, um, I believe, was it last year, Lex? Oh, uh, I think you fit last year, yeah. Um, yeah. There's the so, pandemic, the pandemic yeah. has just made everything weird because you had stuff that was delayed, yeah. you had stuff that you had to put your pencils down on, and that's yeah. what so. And I had stuff in the can, like Starweed and Ancient Noise, and then the first chapter of Dust Pirates, I mean, that, that stuff I've drawn over the last year and a half or two years, um, you know, even before the pandemic, I was uh, kind of just squirreled away drawing, and, and I had nothing on the show. I haven't had a thing on the shelf since November of 2018, really? uh, which was Deuce, Deuce of Hearts through Vault Comics. Uh, since then, I've just been, I had a couple of Kickstarters that went to print, but then for pretty much the two years, I was just drawing Starweed and Ancient Noise and, you know, Dust Pirates. And now, now The Worst Dudes is my Dark Horse book that's that's out now. Man, Dark um, so, Horse is know. doing some cool stuff right now. Like, that's cool you're part yeah. of it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, The Worst Dudes is with Aubrey Citizen. 
And that that's a five issue series. It's on uh, issue three just came out and then issue four and five come out September and October. But yeah, I've already drawn that as well. So that's just stuff that I've drawn. Oh, wow. That That's just in the can waiting to get printed. So, so you're like, you pre-gamed and now you're just, now you're just well, I mean, it wasn't the, the plan. Yeah. I mean, the plan, What I mean, that wasn't really the plan. I mean, the plan, oh, sorry, my dog. She's staring at me and she wants me to play with her. <laughs> it's not going to happen right now. Chill out. <laughs> but uh, what was I saying? Yeah. So for like, uh, like end of 20, early 2019, I just started working on stuff and I uh, wasn't really concerned about uh, being on social media as much promoting my stuff because I didn't have anything coming out. So I was just working all the time. So, um, and then the pandemic happened and that kind of set back any plans that I had for like um, six months. So like worst news is already supposed to be out by now. Like I think we would, the trade would have been getting ready to come out, but the pandemic happened. So, you know, kind of like, like Lex said, the timelines askew. <laughs> so, so I'm not just, you know, I, like, like I'm where I'm drawing dust pirates right now. The Kickstarter just funded. So that's what's on my table right now is dust pirates. Um, and then something after that I've lined up. Uh, and then, you know, but that's, that's all on my plate right now. It's not like I'm drawing three projects at once and, <laughs> you know, so you're, all right. So you, you are a human being. And so it's like... <laughs> yeah, I'm normal. Trust me. I mean, it's just like, you know, I, for two years, I didn't have any, I didn't share any of the work I did. So okay, you can imagine how much you can get done in two years, you know? Yeah. What, um, what so dust how much of dust pirates do you have done just curious uh well i'm drawing because you had the, well, first, the first issue the first yeah, the first issue which is the first chapter which is i believe was that 24 pages i believe 28 pages maybe i don't remember either but right i'm on the third page of the second chapter i just started and uh so and then uh, i'm waiting for the script for the final chapter nice. uh, and it's all penciled and laid out i'm just inking right now so cool yeah hopefully have that done um by the end of this month and then then work on the last chapter and have that in the can as well nice yeah that's that's exciting i have to i still have to figure out what i want you to draw for me too i got i keep i have like oh man it's really like i keep going back and forth on it and stuff um but hey, hey whatever as long as you know I've, i definitely have guidelines but it's usually just like uh whatever morally i feel like i don't want to do you know and i don't think that's <laughs> yeah no it's nothing it's nothing weird like <laughs> yeah whatever else it is it's all good like i've drawn all kinds of stuff <laughs> um but yeah, back to, so back to the the Kickstarter. The reason we're here tonight enjoying this wonderful conversation uh, is Starweed issue two. So, um, how long ago did Starweed one happen? Like what? Uh, just like a fairly well, recent. I, I, yeah, you reached out. Alex reached out to me. Uh, was it twenty eighteen? Like early mid twenty eighteen, I think. And then I started developing it and working on it. And then uh, I had some family stuff that happened and I had to take care of that. So like it was a couple of months where I was uh, dealing with that. And then uh, when, I, when I was ready to go back to work, um, I think I started right away, right? I hit the ground running. Yeah, we, we wanted to do the um, the all three issues and get as much of it done as possible between the two of us. And then um, basically the Kickstarter, uh, the first Kickstarter and the second Kickstarter, what they'd allow us to do is to uh, pay for the uh, the color, the ink and the printing. I was trying to the, the color, the lettering and the uh, and the printing. Um, I, I I just uh, I, you, you look at look at Tony and you think he's going to he's going to disappear for, for uh, six months. I'm never going to hear from <laughs> again so i want the whole thing done before we <laughs> promise anything to readers no um it's um i, I, I know where to find me yeah. <laughs> not a hard man to find. I, but i write that way um you know i i want to know how the thing ends i want to know what the last page is before i i finalize that first page and um i think that tony having a chance to do that probably was a was a good way to work as well um just having a a, a complete product like that and even now we're we're talking about tweaking some stuff in the third issue and yeah. stuff so yeah. it's not 100 percent 
um, finished or anything like that. But we wanted to be in a position where we could tell readers, look, you're going to get this uh, this complete story. Um, you know, you can have that confidence. It's not going to be one of those things where um, where we're going to lose steam and, and, and not uh, find some way to get it to you. And even one of us could, you know, in during a pandemic, one of us could get very, very sick. And yet you would still ultimately be able to see the end of the story. That was that was something that, uh, that mattered. Wow, you guys have a COVID guarantee. That's hardcore. <laughs> We're vaccinated as well. These guys so, don't know. fuck around, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, issue three is drawn. I just have to go back and do some touch-ups that I, because uh, I drew it a while ago, and then I kind of looking at the pages, I always feel like, oh, I could do that different. I could do that different. And now, like, having some time to do so, because uh, it hasn't been colored yet, uh, I'm going to go back and just do some simple little things. Yeah, and we, we become better better at our jobs as we get older and as we, we have more experience. And um, like I always have a, an opportunity during the lettering phase to, to re-script stuff. So um, of course, if, if, if Tony sees something he drew a year ago and you know, you're, you're going to look <laughs> at it through a different light, you're a different person now. We all yeah. are, especially yeah. having gone through what we just went through. Um, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, one of the things I appreciate about this comic is is right now we're we're really really like overly saturated with like dystopian stuff and i love it because i'm i'm a little i'm a little hungry little nerd for that and i i've just i have a weak spot for it but it's a lot and this is just like it's a future that we like i mean your guys's future isn't perfect by any means but it's just nice to have something that's like having fun with itself and being crazy and i don't know it's it's a refreshing take from a lot of what's out there right now yeah i i tend to uh my art style tends to lean into that as well, I feel. Like, I would, I would say I'm more on the cartoony side, for sure. You know, I'm definitely not a photorealistic artist <laughs> by any means. So, um, but I also think, like, we thread the needle pretty good between, like, there are some dramatic moments that uh, that I, f- I feel like have hefted them. You know, they're not just, like, slapsticky. But, you know, all in all, like, we wanted to make a fun book. Because, um, I mean, it's a ridiculous premise. So why not have fun <laughs> with it? And it could be really dark if you wanted it to be because it's about smoking corpses. But we tried to, like, kind of make it as fun as possible without making it a farce, you know, which I think I think we did. No, I, I think it works really well. And, and the, I mean, the, the humor lands and the action lands and the, you know, the adventure elements. And, I mean, the I mean, second issue like... is even more like <laughs> second <laughs> issue is that goes off the walls. We just. Which that that's saying a lot after like after issue yeah. one like for issue two goes off the walls like that sounds that sounds yeah. awesome totally totally there is this like I I mean you saw the cover there's a dinosaur there's clearly dinosaurs in the book <laughs> I mean yeah it's, it's on the main cover and the variant so like I imagine yeah. like dinosaurs have to play a part in the, play a huge role in the book in the book as a whole the premise nice <laughs> so they're there i was kind of wondering if because it, it is a lot of fun the, the story but like the whole deal about like embalming fluid and the the random mess that ends up turning this like new brand of embalming fluid uh into this you know borderline uh you know hallucinogenic drug or it is a sort of a hallucinogenic drug i guess mm-hmm. um but like i was kind of wondering it because there was a lot i mean you know like there's like you can smoke a balming fluid like you can like you know formaldehyde like people like you know dip joints in formaldehyde i don't think they do it much anymore because i think we've progressed as a society yeah. to know that that's not a good <laughs> idea but yeah. i mean but like i mean we also we're on the we're we're reeling from like a whole generation of fucking teenagers that were eating tide pods 
pods and making a game out of it. And so I was like, I was kind of wondering if you guys were commenting on like the, I mean, yes, the story's crazy, but also just the craziness of like what we put in our bodies, like, and just don't think about it or do think about it and film it because think people are going to like it. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then also watching like, you know, Kevin Cuff, like eat, you know, the insane habanero wings for Kickstarter pledges and stuff. That's his <laughs> choice though. That's his choice. <laughs> he uses the Kickstarter as a facade. He, he, he gets off on that. <laughs> I told an him excuse. that. Yeah. Cause he had all those wings left over and he just ate them on his own. No one prompted him to, or pledged to the book. He just was like, ah, oh, screw it. I got these wings lying around. Might as well torture myself. That's funny. <laughs> I told him it's a cry for help. Is what it is. It's... <laughs> yeah. As, um, as crazy as Starweed is, uh, and as, as you know, wild as we get as, as far out there as we go, um, there is, uh, um, in science fiction circles, you might even call a lot of what we do in, in this book, mundane, science fiction very boring uh you know, the, the you don't um get a different effect from uh from starweed if you smoke different people you think you do because you're <laughs> it's the branding you know it's like it's like yeah if i wear the the sneakers that michael jordan wears i'm gonna be jump on you know, the fly like mike <laughs> exactly or if, if the same shoe that uh that kobe or, or somebody else uh, endorsed, you know, those are the same shoe. Uh, so, so we, we wanted to kind of come up with a mundane explanation for it and also make it a throwaway thing. Like, uh, uh, we, we didn't want to spend a lot of time on the exposition. We, we had three action set pieces to get through in mm. the, in the first issue. And we wanted to sell, to tell a very satisfying chunk of story. So having a, um, uh, was it a comic book or was it a, uh, a TV show somebody was watching? Uh, it was a cartoon. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah a cartoon. One somebody was watching like yeah. in passing yeah. um and there's, kind of was have, a transition each, scene yeah each issue has one of those little uh little like cutaways so issue one has the cartoon issue two has its own little uh cutaway to where you're 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 not you are viewing something that a character in the comic is 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 either reading or viewing okay yeah and, and, and you'll learn more about the world that way yeah. We don't want to do a whole lot of, uh, what is it, RoboCop, where they, you're like, now they pan to the TV set where you <laughs> learn everything on the 6 o'clock news. That was helpful. I um, buy that for a dollar. That's right. <laughs> uh, and, you know, we make fun, but that's such a great, you know, helpful device, you know, from a storytelling standpoint and a reader uh, standpoint. Anyway. Yeah. And the third issue, there's another little scene, but I don't, I don't want to spoil it, but it's, it's not, it's different than the first two scenes. Nice. Uh, it has its own au revoir. Yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, it, we, it's definitely, Starweed takes place in a dystopia. Um, uh, I don't know how, I mean, I guess like if you, I mean, just in the first issue, if you look at Red Square, how it's basically turned into Times Square. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if that's possible. I don't know if Russia would ever allow that to happen. But... <laughs> But you hey, know, maybe that's, like, the, maybe that's the utopian part about it. True, right? Yeah, the world opens Bill, up for good. Billboards equal utopia. That's yeah, that's right. We're almost there, then, guys. <laughs> we right, right. Food trucks, yeah. That was my that was my trucks. idea. The food trucks. <laughs> I take credit for that. Yeah, if if you um if you look, compare my script side by side with the finished pages, especially a page like Moscow's Red Square, it's it's pretty shameful how little I gave him just to, as a as a, <laughs> uh, as, a as a start thing. Yeah, right. you know, Lex's Lex script's pretty dense, and uh, that was part of the process. Was kind of we kind of went through things because he provided a lot of material in the script and then um, not just like in the you know the actual script pages like page one panel one the descriptors but he had little addendums and notes and ideas that he would write into the script and then we would we, we would talk it out and you know uh 
uh, kudos to Alex because, you know, uh, I think in the collaborative process, you can't be married to any idea. So we would go through things and we would agree like, hey, this is good. Let's keep that. That's too much. And he was never married to any of the ideas. And then any idea that I presented to him, he gave it an honest chance and we talked it out and a lot of it made it into the pages and some of them didn't. I don't remember what, you know, any specifics. Yeah. <laughs> I just know that the process was very smooth. I just knew, I know when I got his scripts, because, you know, I'm used to like normal scripts, like Lexus scripts are very dense. And some some writers, everybody's different. I work with so many different writers and they all have their own voice and their own method and they're, you know, I get different sorts of scripts. I'd say Lexus are the most dense, but also he's the most cooperative and like wanting to like collaborate and talk things out. You know, That's where good. some people are just like, they put things in the script, then I'll, I'll be like, hey, can we cut that out or add that? And they're like, yeah, do whatever you want. But, let, you know, Lex actually was like, hey, yeah, let's let's chop it up and talk about it. And, and uh, I think we, you know, it lended to a really a nice finished product. Um, yeah. And I, and, I, and I will correct one thing. My, my scripts are very dense at the beginning. And then as it goes <laughs> through, like, I feel like, no, I'm not going to repeat all that crap, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, but, you know, by, by issues yeah. two and three, you know, there's like one sentence like, and they fight, you know. <laughs> yeah. let, let him, let Tony do his thing, that sort of thing. But yeah, I didn't mean it in a derogatory fashion. Yeah, yeah, it's not but, a derog- I meant like in the sense no, of no, no, I, I, I'm, I'm totally with you. I, I take it as a compliment, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and, and something that I think that it, it helps us both uh, as collaborators is that we're both, um, if, if I'm, if I'm interpreting right, is that we, uh, we aren't, we, we aren't married to ideas that are like this is the right choice, this is the wrong choice. And I don't think we ever, on almost any discussion piece, ever came to a, a place where one of us was saying this is right, this is wrong. It's almost always, hey, what's the stronger choice here? What's the strongest choice? Yeah. in the time we have in the in the resources we have in the um, what, what messes with other parts of the story the least if we're making this huge change things like that so it's always yeah. about what is the stronger choice what makes for a more fun story and i think yeah. that having that spirit of collaboration towards that end like let's make a strong fun comic rather than no this is the way uh, it has to be because i like to draw it this way or i like to write it this way or this is my brand you know or anything like that we we yeah. no no brands here <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we were. Yeah, exactly. I uh, all generic, all generic brands. It's, As it's, I wear uh, a shirt with Marvel characters on it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and Grim playing poker, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I, I think uh, you can't be married to all your ideas and. And you have to be able to collaborate and have an open mind. And if, as long as it's in service of the book, like that's the way I look at collaborating with anybody. Um, I'll present ideas. And as long as they know my collaborator that it's in service of the book, it's not for, a, you know, an ego thing or a power thing or, a, you know, I'm the director because I'm the artist or, you know, it's more mm. like, no, this is the way I think it should be because of this reason, because I'll make the book better. And and same with the, the writer or colorist when they say that, you know, I have to like, you know, take that into account and be like, okay, well, this person, we're all trying to make a great book. So, you know, it's not like a, a uh, personal thing or, uh, you know, someone saying they don't know what you're doing or anything like that. So, but that's the way, you know, that's how you have healthy collaborations. And I've been in some earlier in my career where the, the people kind of, you know, they're married to their stuff and they were the, the sullen artist <laughs> who had to have their voice heard and, you know, that whole trope and, it never ended well. <laughs> See, I've all, that, it seems like everybody, the, the a lot of the great uh, creators and, and that have put out some really solid books lately that I've interviewed and talked to, like, that's the deal. It's like, the, you know, the name of the game is like, 
you know, know your creators and feel comfortable bouncing back ideas, call each other out, you know, and, and in a respectful way, of course, yeah. and stuff, but like get that relationship where there's that push and pull. But then I was also thinking about it. Cause yeah, I've heard those stories too, where people are like, Oh, well, you know, it's, it's my way or the highway with this, with this so-and-so person. And I'm like, well, I was like, yeah, I really, I doubt anyone would come on a podcast and be like, uh, yeah, no, everything is done the way I want it or it's a bad comic. No, no. <laughs> but, no, I think too, like, you know, we, you gotta know your, your skill set too. I'm an artist, I'm not a writer. So if like there's an artistic thing and I know in my heart that this is the right thing to do because just like technically or objectively it's the right decision, I'll say it that way. I'm like, hey, we gotta do it this way because of this, this, and this. But same way with like a writer, you know, I'm not a writer. So if they're telling me, well, this is the way the script's gonna go and this is the way where the dialogue needs to be and the character, you know, the panel needs to look like this because they need to be speaking in order or whatever it is, you know. I, you know, I, I, I know I'm not a writer and I, you know, I take that into account and I, you know, I bend. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, you can't, you can't be married to anything unless you just want to do your own, your own books, you know, like if I wanted to write my own books and draw them, you know, that, you know, that would make make, mean that would never collaborate with anybody. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you guys also have a really great uh, colorist too. Uh, Claudia Claudia. Claudia, Claudia, Claudia makes your art look really good, man. (laughs) She's good. Claudia's amazing, but she's an amazing artist in her own right. She's, she's, she illustrates her own books. She just uh, had a part, uh, story in the Marvel anthology um, uh, she did with Steve Orlando. It was the oh, LBGTQ cool. uh, anthology. And she had, she drew a story in that. And she's also done stuff for Oni and uh, major studios and I believe IDW. And she's working on a, a graphic novel right now. So, I mean, she's an amazing artist. She's doing right. a short story for me, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's doing a short for Alex. A, a Star Wars short or... No, unrelated. No, I, I I would run it by you if we were if I was gonna oh, do a Star Wars. I mean, it's, it's Claudia. No, but yeah, you wouldn't have no. to with Claudia. You could just go ahead and do it. I, I, if, I if, if you got as, some Joe Blow off the street, that's a different story. Right? <laughs> yeah, as a as a co-creator, I think that we should both be involved in those decisions, and we probably shouldn't be talking about contract stuff on a on a public podcast. <laughs> Wait, so I can get you to send you this on tape. So, I, so you I, said it on the record that I can go ahead. <laughs> well, it's Claudia. Only Claudia. Only, <laughs> only Claudia. Okay. Only fair Claudia. enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, Claudia is one of my one of my best friends in comics. Uh, she was my colorist on Deuce of Hearts for Vault. Uh, that's nice. how we met. Um, and then we just became close friends. And uh, we were, you know, Starweed. I feel like privileged that she's coloring Starweed because she has uh, so much on her plate that she doesn't need to do it either like for work or for money even um but she does it because she likes you know us working with us and and she's a friend and i you know that's cool take that for granted, so. nice the, the, that see that's what i think is the the power of, of yeah. comics like when you can like build relationships like that with people and then tell stories together i don't mm-hmm. know it's just i just that's always like well, and the letter the letter lauren norby he lives here in town he's one of my best friends here in missoula Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, he's a graphic designer as well. And he also works for uh, the TV show Yellowstone as, uh, oh, cool. uh, on, the, on the set. He's a, like a set. Uh, I don't know his exact title, but he does a lot of the set stuff, set design and for that show, the Kevin Costner show. But he also letters comics and does graphic design as an artist in his own right. And he lives here in my town where I live, Missoula, Montana. Nice. And we've been friends for a decade. And uh, yeah, it's fun working with him too. Because, you know, he's a guy I can just text up and be like, hey, what's going on? You know, and just chat. And we hang out like in person once a week we usually have a drawing night with a bunch of us hang out and get together and do like damn drawings and we oh, just, really? uh, since yeah since everyone got vaccinated we've been resuming them last couple last month it's good to hang out he's expecting a, a, a child so exciting times nice i yeah. didn't I've, I've always heard stories of like artists and stuff doing that but i've never like had confirmation of like people like just getting together and enjoying like mm-hmm. a night of art and fun yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, there's a group of us, uh, some local artists, uh, Theo Ellsworth, Josh Quick, Lauren Norby, uh, Daniel Morgan, uh, Cooper Malin, and a couple other folks. Uh, we get together. We've been getting, I'm moving to get, getting together since I moved here a decade ago with uh, like me, myself, Theo, Lauren, and Josh have been getting together and drawing. And then, you know, Missoula is this kind of college town where people come in and out. Mm. So like, you know, every couple of years, there's a new crop of people coming in. And, and if you hang out in the art scene, you end up meeting each other and hanging out. So we, you know, got some new dudes in our crew and then, We've been doing that for years. We've had a couple art shows in town with our jam pieces. We would take old comics, like back issues, and trace them, or not even trace them, just copy them, actually. So, like, but we would, like, you know, rewrite them. So we redraw, redraw them in our own style. Like, say, a, a classic X-Men issue or Spider-Man or Rob Liefeld cables were the, were the fun jams. Where we'd redraw a cable in our own style, and we'd, like, redo <laughs> the comic on a jam piece, and we'd just pass it around, and we'd have, like, five or six pieces of paper just moving around, like, every 30 minutes and just finishing each other's drawings and they'd end up being like these huge collage pieces of mixed with like comic panels and uh you know illustrations and weird like little uh stuff filling in the backgrounds like weird little textures or nuggets or whatever you know and at the end we had these huge pieces and we're like what do we do with them so we did an art show <laughs> and people would come to it and they would just like show up and, and didn't know what the hell they were looking at because it's like <laughs> Batman and then like uh, like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but then like some like uh, like Western, like Montana Western cartoon. And then like for some reason, like a bunch of genitalia drawn in the background. Because <laughs> it tends to happen. For some reason. <laughs> for some reason. There's like a bunch of male and female genitalia end up in all these pieces. I don't know how that happens. See, when I was in my MFA program, like I, I hung out with a lot of the writers and we used to like, you know, grab drinks after, after classes and stuff, but it, it was not that fun. Like it was, and there, there was always like the one that was like having like a lot of success while the rest of us, you know, I mean, and you know, that's the name of the game, right? You're like, you're in this, right. These writing programs and people are like, oh yeah, you should hang that on the refrigerator. So you like send it off and you know, like a lot, most of us are getting rejection letters and like, you know, one of us is like getting regularly published and they always like, I don't know, you you just kind of hate talking to them not because you're like you're part of it's like a little bit jealous but like they they like to remind you of like each and every single one of their successes while you're all yeah, out, yeah. Like, having beers yeah, all the, the <laughs> right like i you know i i've been i've you know been doing this full-time for almost 10 years and nine it's gonna be nine years in october so uh you know, I've had ups and downs and I've had a steady climb. And this last couple of years have been pretty busy for me. And this this year in particular, like had a lot of stuff come out and a lot of opportunities uh, presented to me. But, you know, I, I definitely was like the person struggling to get by or to get gigs and had friends who were more successful than I. And some of them I came up with at the same time and I saw it would see them getting opportunities ahead of me. But I try to always remember it's not a zero sum game, you know, yeah. like I never, I was always happy for my friends. And while, you know, it's human nature to feel a little bit of a, pin, a ping of jealousy, you know, I'll be like, oh, it should be me or why, why can't I get that? Or I'm as good as or better than them. And, you know, that's just how we think. But like that doesn't, you know, I'm not most of the time I wasn't even doing what they were doing. You know, yeah. so if my friend who drew, who got this gig, that, that gig wouldn't have worked for me because that's not where I was at. And clearly that person was perfect for it, you know. So uh, and now that like, you know, I'm busy and, and things are, are happening in some regard. Um, I When I hang out with my friends who are maybe not full time artists or trying to or some someone who could center uh, like in a different place in their career than me, not as far as ahead in their career. I don't like throw it in their fit. You know, I'm not I don't like bring up like, oh, I got this coming out and I got this. You know, like, you like you start pulling all the comics like 
like out of your out of your backpack. Yeah, no. You're like, I mean, this came out my... today. This comes out next no. week. <laughs> well, I have good friends. My friends, like my local friends and my friends here, who are artists who I hang out in person with, they're happy and they're supportive, and they buy yeah. my. They go to the store and, and they'll buy the book and they'll text me like, "Oh man, I love this. This is so cool." They're totally supportive. There's no, you know. Plus, we're all older. We're all like over the age of 35, 40. So there's no like, you know, it's not like the 20 year olds or early 30s <laughs> like jealousy or like, you know, yeah, that sort of thing. That sort of vibe. Now it's, you know, it's, it's good internet, to know. It's good to know Twitter, that humans can grow out of that because I. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, that's in person friends, like real friends. Now you talk about comics, Twitter, or people online. That's like <laughs> that's a totally different thing because those aren't oh, really. That's, your yeah, friends. that's a whole different sea of sharks, my friend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I wouldn't generally like call them all all those people my friends. I have a I have a a close knit click. I wouldn't say click as a as a derogatory term or connotation to it. I have a, a close knit group of uh, industry friends that uh, I'm really close with that I talk to daily in DMs and in like Google chats and we hang out in studios and stuff like virtual nice. studios. They're, they're all industry pros and peers and and we're all close and we all talk industry and swaps uh, you know work stories and and talk about the goings on and the discourse of the industry. But there's no like uh, like infighting or battle. You know, it's more like we're working, we're hanging out, and we that's cool. We, you know, we're all in the same vibe of like we're all just trying to get work done and like you know any of the noise is kind of like uh entertainment you know <laughs> we view it as entertainment but there's no like actual active participation in any of the bullshit yeah i mean as, as nasty as social media can get it so like most of my friends i'm like the last one that like doesn't have kids or is married yet right so um but everybody's got like the family stuff going on but none of my people like are into comic books like they uh, my my friends and family like they're they're listening to the podcast which is funny because i mean i know it's just because i'm like family but i know they're listening to it like what the hell are they talking about like i don't i, I mean I, most of them don't even probably know what kickstarter is honestly um and a lot yeah, of my interviews my... are about kickstarter <laughs> yeah yeah i uh who is it it was my uh my sister i called her because uh, we were chatting and uh, she's like, what do you got going on? And uh, she's always complains because one of my sisters, I have four sisters, and she, always, <laughs> she I won't say complains, she always brings it up that she can't like show any of my books to kids or like any of her kids or anything. Cause they're all like drugs or like worst dudes. This is not for kids. You know, <laughs> I'm like, well, this thing dust pirates, it was when it was on Kickstarter. I was like, yeah, this book dust pirates, you can get it on Kickstarter. She's like, well, what's a Kickstarter? I'm like, and she's, you know, 50. She's not like senior citizen or anything. I'm like, I, I couldn't believe she had, I'd explain what Kickstarter was. And she kind of was like, I could tell in her uh, tone of voice, like she thought I was, it was like a con. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You know, like what people give you money on a thing and then like you make a thing and they just give it to you. It's like, well, sometimes it's already made and then you can <laughs> give it to them right away. But in this case, I have to go and do it. And That's just funny. kind of look at me side eyed like, hmm, I don't know. Sounds fishy. Like I thought you were better than that, Tony. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought you were, I thought you were doing good. <laughs> Well, things are going well for you. You're begging for money. <laughs> but yeah, like, so, but I, I found, you know, like a, a good group of people, like with the same thing, like, you know, the group chats and it's just, it's nice to have like people to nerd out with um when like a lot of your regular like regular people aren't aren't really into it like when i mm -hmm. when i talk comic books around my friends they're like oh, okay like yeah they're like th unless it's a movie like if it's a movie like some of them will know like sure but not not the books but uh and then so at lex you have um some of your i was looking up uh looking up some of your stuff you've you've got a novella that's got some pretty solid reviewing with like a really intriguing title pinocchio <sighs> is punching yes <laughs> yeah it's um 
middle grade, I guess, or maybe one young adult. I don't have no idea. I'm really bad at at, uh, <laughs> at those those limitations and stuff. It has a young protagonist, <laughs> uh, but the idea is that yeah, Pinocchio, after he got his wish to become a real boy, um, he wanted what every real boy wants, and that's to become a ninja. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> Uh, and to be trained by ninjas. So it's it's a lot of him, you know, trying to figure out how do you get the ninjas to show up and train you? Because obviously wishing to become a real boy took a lot, took a lot of work. So uh, maybe <laughs> this should be pretty easy by comparison. Um, so yeah, it, uh, it, uh, it was a fun little, little novella I, I'm pretty proud of. Uh, I might I might have the audio book done by the end of the year. But we'll oh, see. cool. I imagine if Pinocchio, like, good thing he became a boy, because if he was made of wood, uh, it's not really like, it doesn't really lean, lend itself to being a ninja, being made of wood. Very yeah. funky. Yeah, he'd be clanking around everywhere. Yeah. Like, you'd never no get those sneaking. fluid moves down. Like, sometimes you're the foot and sometimes you're the board. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> all right and that's a wrap for blake's buzz ladies and gentlemen <laughs> it's all downhill from that one that's right <laughs> hey most most of my like podcasts are like we start like at a good spot and then it just kind of i always feel like it, they don't i'm like oh no like i'm losing it but then people listen to it and like it so i guess like i always i'm like a really bad like judge my own stuff like I, I, for a while like i didn't like writing reviews because i didn't think i was like i had the i, I was like who has the, i don't have the audacity to like take someone's work and review it and then people were like well yeah. you're kind of good at it and now like i do that but even then like when i post stuff on the blog i'm like i'm always like well as long as you keep that that's <laughs> that feeling too because like that is the proper way you should feel you know yeah. like i don't feel i feel I, I feel the same way about and i do this for a living and i still feel like well i don't think i have the audacity to rip somebody's work publicly you know mm. like so you know i could never be a critic but if you want to be a critic, it's good to keep that in mind as you're doing the critique because you realize like, hey, this yeah. is somebody's work and I have to respect it, you know, and they give it an objective like review, you know, yeah. sit up, take, you know, come outside myself. Don't bring my baggage to whatever I'm reading <laughs> and view it, read it and, and give it a, a review on its own merit. And then as and you're not Blake, you're a omniscient being hovering above Blake, <laughs> you know, reading this. And did they do a good job in telling the story, you know, yeah. or the movie or the TV show, you know, like, and that's, that's what I think a good review, a critique and reviewer is, you know, comics, it's hard because, you know, there's, there's a couple of good reviewers. I've read some and there's some, you just, it's a, a person with the internet connection and a blog and they probably shouldn't be writing a review of anything, much less a comic book. You know? Jokes but, on you guys. That's Blake's yeah. buzz. <laughs> no, it's not. But you seem like a decent, like you seem like a decent uh, level-headed guy who's not like just you know and a positive person who's not trying to just tear things down you know like, yeah i that's one thing i try really hard to be is is like because there's so much just in in all nerdisms in general like uh, you know like like star wars fans i just like there's there no one's ever going to praise a star wars movie right like it's just always hey, rogue one was sick i love rogue one rogue one was awesome, <laughs> rogue one was awesome. so is so is solo i'll die on yeah, that hill i love like, solo <laughs> i love solo too I didn't like any of the 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 the, the, the three. Yeah, the, like, the Force Awakens was all right, and I didn't like the Last Jedi or uh, Rise of Skywalker. No. I think we're just I think we're getting oversaturated with them. I think like if, you know because for a while there was like such a, a long time frame between Star Wars movies, and yeah. now we get now we get one every year, and Disney I mean, Plus is dropping up. all that new content. Like it's I saw Empire. I think I saw Return of the Jedi in the theater when it came out, and I might have seen Empire when it came out in the theater. That was in 81, right? I was like five or six. I might have seen that in the theater. But um, 
yeah and then after jedi there was nothing right yeah right lex we had nothing no star wars for yeah years. we had well, we had the ewok movies um oh, i ewok. always forget about those <laughs> you know, yeah, most people do <laughs> we, we forget about them too you know they were very forgettable um but I, I enjoyed them as a kid but they were really made for kids so they didn't really yeah. capture the imagination they, yeah uh, yeah and then we yeah, got sometimes it, I and wonder then, uh, what kid kid yeah. us like would do if like now like with like Disney Plus and all the stuff we have like at our fingertips. Like I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I might not have, you know, started reading comics. I think some of the first ones I yeah. ever picked up were adaptations because you, you know, Empire Strikes Back, you can't watch it again. Yeah. So you have to read the, the little comic. Did you have that giant Treasury Edition one that was like a, a, a large size? It was like Treasury Edition? I don't think so. There I had Empire Treasury Strikes Edition of other things. There yeah, was Empire Strikes I, Back that was like uh, oh, cool. a huge... I think it's funny because I think I had the digest side, so we went the opposite ways, I guess, with the Empire adaptation. I had uh, the uh, Ninja Turtle, the Ninja Turtle uh, number three, where they go to feudal Japan. Um, the, oh, yeah, the, like, yeah, yeah. the worst Ninja Turtle movie. So I didn't, the, the Ninja Turtle, the first one came out, I was born in 85. And so like the first one, I didn't really get into till later. So I didn't have that adaptation comic. I never got the second Secrets of the Ooze adaptation, mm. but I had the third one. And like, I took, I had that thing with me everywhere, man. Like I read that so many times. And, and so now when everybody's always like, oh yeah, that third Ninja Turtle movie is garbage. And I'm like, it's kind of my favorite just because of this weird <laughs> yeah. bit of nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel that way about a lot of things. But, yeah. You know. in, in my, in my head, like, uh, the Star Wars adaptation, uh, the differences between the movie and the comic, like lines, like when uh, Princess Leia is shooting back in the in the uh, opening scene, somebody says something like, uh, "Set phasers on stun." She's like, "Oh yeah, well I've set mine on kill." And that was not a line she said in the movie, <laughs> but like in my head, I know that panel better than I know anything. <laughs> I don't remember that. It's crazy. Yeah. But going back to your your review point, I mean, imposter syndrome is real. You know, like we we all you know feel a certain extent of that i have trouble sending out uh newsletter updates to my email list people who have given me their email address said here email me your updates i'm like i don't want to bother them <laughs> but they said bother me now it's good that i'm being a good steward of their email addresses but you know it, it's this mind block you're like i don't deserve to email i don't you have enough going on today look, look at the news i mean i'm sure you have much going on in your personal life i don't want to disturb your peace with like my yeah. yeah yeah my yeah. inbox is too full yours should not be you know polluted by my that's funny uh, we I sign up for too, those. yeah yeah <laughs> i mean we're as a creator and as an artist like you have to find your role in society and if like you know things are bad or the, there's a lot of bad stuff going on in the news you know it, it is our role to like provide a distraction for however many bit of time somebody gets a five minute distraction by reading starweed or 10 minutes or if they read really slow if it takes them 30 minutes to read starweed uh you know yeah art matters so you know stories yeah. matter yeah absolutely yeah but like you know uh, also you know I, I think you know we've all realized our, you know that we make we make comics so in the grand scheme of things it's you know <laughs> we're not curing cancer or anything but if you know <laughs> you can provide some joy to somebody for a little bit then you're not you're not shoving an essential worker out of the way on their way to the hospital to work you're like you're like pandemics going <laughs> yeah. on the comics artist <laughs> needs that don't yeah. I don't know what, what I, mean, I was willing to I mean I would have like held <laughs> off to get the vaccine till whenever because I was like well I nearly the house anyway so yeah so if they tell me you, you're gonna get the vaccine you're gonna be the very last person in the united states to get the vaccine i've been like all right i, I that's fair <laughs> <laughs> you know like that's fair there's so many more people deserving of it but you know when you know when they gave it when they were given free drugs away i, I jumped the, at the chance 
as you should. Like, <laughs> well, free shot. Oh God, yeah. Free yeah, healthcare in America. I'm going to take advantage of that whenever I and can. A, and apparently, that's against Kickstarter rules. Otherwise, we would have uh, we would have offered free drugs as well. <laughs> yeah, because uh, apparently that works. That's uh, that gets you excited. Just label it. Just <laughs> label it Martha Stewart. Be like, get get your own get your own little dab or do of of Martha Stewart. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wink, <laughs> wink, wink. So, yeah, I, so- that, that was that's another question I had for you guys is why why that celebrity uh, of all the all the random people um martha there were a few uh like in the first draft of the script it was just like no this is funny um and i think it's because it's it's unexpected or subversive or um you know you know you think martha stewart and even even post the arrest and that sort of thing you think prim and proper you think manners you think these things so i I think that there's probably um, a, well, now a, she hangs a out deep... with Snoop Dogg. So now oh, she hangs out with weed. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so now, so now it has a completely different yeah. meaning. Than so she's like a stoner that. icon now. She definitely is. Oh, that's great. I didn't know that. Yeah. Really? You didn't know that? Yeah. No. Snoop Dogg are really close, and she definitely bla- gets high. She partakes for sure. See, I can't nice. tell if he's messing with me. I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> look up Snoop Dogg. They had a TV show, I think. Like a, like a homemaking show. Snoop- yeah, yeah. You didn't know? I can't wow. believe I thought no. you knew this already. The one. Oh, Oh show like, I haven't watched. Alex is a genius. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were like, oh yeah, that's clever because he's <laughs> Alex like is the most well-researched weed guy I've ever met in my life. <laughs> but he doesn't even smoke. It's crazy. <laughs> Here I am puffing away, and I'm not nearly as a savant as you are. Hey guys, Starweed is the next best thing for Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg in the kitchen. You heard it here. <laughs> this is What's this that? is not fake news. This is real life, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I told you I wasn't lying. No, I, so I I took a I took a risk because uh, I don't partake as much anymore. Um, but I I kind of uh, was like, oh, I, I know Tony smokes and and Liz. I just was I I kind of just judged you for the content you put out, like a like a totally biased reviewer that we talked about. No one should be. But anyway, yeah, Lex, Lex doesn't smoke. That's just me. I'm the stoner. In the I took a, I took a, I took a little, I took a little puff before we started, and, and like I don't, like I said, I don't smoke much anymore. So it's like I, I can go from like real chill to just like nope, it's nap time. Like it's, I got to be real careful <laughs> these days. I smoke speed weed, so it's generally, <laughs> I'm a sleepy guy, so my weed has to be potent. Yeah, well, you get you get to go to the like it's 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 legal medically in in Kansas City right now, but it's like yeah. no one can afford it because of the taxes. Oh yeah, no, it's legal here like, too. I can't go there. Uh, I have a medical card. Uh, nice. It's medically legal, and January first, it becomes recreational legal here. Cool. So I mean, you know, I'm good either way. Yeah, but, it's. I never thought I, I would see. I have a friend who's who's got his medical and his grow license, and like I. <laughs> like man like i never thought i'd i'm 35 and you know like i saw like the rest of the country legalizing it before like it started moving inward toward the midwest but it's just crazy now like my buddy has like a a little room of free or or, like beautiful marijuana he's growing that like now it pays for itself you know but uh and it's legal like no one can yell like a cop could knock on his door and you show him the card and he's like good day sir and he leaves like that's crazy (laughs) when i lived in colorado i uh i lived in boulder for uh, about six to eight months this is in 2012 and uh i was one of my jobs was growing i was growing and i was bartending and i was working in comics and uh, of course (laughs) like bartending and growing made more money than comics at the time (laughs) 
Uh, my roommates were growers. A, a unique so, period uh, in time when comics didn't make that much money. But <laughs> imagine now, it's just like I'm, I'm a Scrooge McDuck in my giant yeah. vault. But did you get a Substack email today too, Tony? <laughs> no, like, no, no, no. We'll no give you a million dollars. <laughs> I, do I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what they got, but. Now, I've, I've, uh, so work was like intense today. Like I, my day job was just really busy and it was kind of a rough day. And I kept in my, you know, brief moments of like, like chill when the phone wasn't ringing off the hook, I could, I could like peek at Twitter and, and I kept seeing, I was like, what is going on? Like, I was like, Batman's leaving Substack. I just kept getting these like little, little bits of info. And I was like, man, I was like, the shit is hitting the fan. And like, no, it's just some, right. it. some people are getting paid, you know? It's yeah. Like, I mean, you know, those are like, you know, guy leaves Batman. I mean, you know, I'm, I haven't read it cause I don't read big two books and I don't disparage them either. Cause I know that they're a vital part of the industry, mm-hmm. but uh, like Batman will be fine. Oh yeah. I I have no, I have no doubts. It just, it was, it was just a lot of big, like very much like click me headlines today. And I I didn't have time to click. them. That's been brewing. Like I have some friends who've gotten sub stacks and uh, it's a lot of money. And if they offered me one, I'd take it because you get a lot of money and you don't have to be exclusive (laughs) with them. So you can still do whatever you want to do. You just got to post stuff on Substack too. And you get a lot of money for it. So I would definitely do it. I feel like a lot of people that are against stuff like that would also take the money. Like like everybody's going to take, there's not many people that aren't going to take the money. Like, like, no, I'll do more work for less money because it's the right thing to do. Like, no, no, like, no, well, I, mean, I, I yeah, would take the money. depends on what you do, right? <laughs> like, I have friends who uh, who are getting the money and, and they're, they're, they make their own books, you know, and they really don't have any collaborators except for colorists. And they're just going to do what they want to do. And, mm-hmm. and that's, I know people who are writers who got the money. We're going to give the money to creative teams to make the books they want to make. And that's great, too, because that puts money in somebody else's pocket and puts food on somebody else's table. Yeah, so exactly. I, don't, I, I view it all as a positive. I mean, there's negatives and everything, and there's positives. And I, you know, I, I think, like, I don't know how those... Yeah, I'm sure they have a lot of investors, a lot of money. Uh, so I don't, I don't know how that works. But I imagine that, like, I, I don't see how, the, the, how they're going to make their money back. But then again, like, what do I know? You know? Yeah. Like... Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see, and I don't know if we'll ever really see it. All I know is like uh, James, uh, James, James Tinian sent out, he sent two newsletters out today. The first newsletter was the announcement of like, you know, I'm, I'm moving to Substack, things are changing, I'm leaving Batman um, in November. And then he sent out a second email that was like, well, I was talking to the Substack guy and we had numbers that would be like acceptable. And this stuff hasn't even started yet. And they already like, they, in like three hours, they, they like he said, they blew past every goal Substack set for him. Uh, and I, I don't know. So I, but they didn't say like how many subscribers they got. Cause like right now for both Scott Snyder and James, you can subs you can subscribe to their sub stacks uh for either like seven bucks a month or uh 90 or 75 a year and save some money and they've got like higher it's almost like kickstarter man they've got like higher tier like mm-hmm. spend this extra money for a year subscription and get yeah, some I mean, variants that no one else can get it's, and... it's patreon basically kind of like, yeah 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 or you can just wait till whatever they're making gets published and just buy a pen yeah <laughs> you know because that's what's going to happen too they're going to fit your stuff to whatever company and it's going to get picked up and then you can buy it in print yeah so i the what i told someone was like i read comics for really good stories um that that started with x-men as a kid 
that led me to indie comics uh when the the freedom that a lot of indie comics have and just the the, the randomness of everything and uh and then you know indie comics led me to kickstarter uh and i've really been loving getting into the kickstarter uh like just there's some really great books that come out there uh that that blows my mind that they just don't naturally have a home but like still i mean so i'm really into kickstarter now and i told my buddy i was like man like i'm gonna like i said like i like good stories if, if good stories start coming out on Substack, i'm probably gonna i'm probably gonna buy one like i'm gonna check right? it out yeah, like yeah. and the world's yeah. not gonna burn because no, i do so <laughs> no it's not everything will be fine I think it helps. And the long term. Yeah. Do what you love. We're only, you know, life is too short to not enjoy what you enjoy as long as, yeah. you know, it's harmless. You're not hurting anybody. And Substack isn't going to hurt anybody. Because, yeah, there it's was there was some dramatics today, guys. Yeah. There was like, oh, like I, I was like, of course, like I look, I go fall down into the Twitter rabbit hole sometimes. But there was like a lot of like, I'm never going to read James Tinian again. And like Scott Snyder was my idol. And now he's doing this. And and then like I, I even saw a couple like, you know, if God, this is how comics are going to go. I'm done with them. I'll never read them again. And I'm just like, man, like you guys are just ready to quit. Like, <laughs> damn. I mean, are those the only people making comics? I don't know. Like, why is it? They're always going to be comics. They're not going anywhere. It's comics yeah. while last Substack, I guarantee you. <laughs> and yeah, like get, get that money, get paid. Yeah, well, it seems like Substack's just trying to like uh, get, uh, they're trying to like get in the zeitgeist by like getting these famous comic creators on board. Yeah. And, uh, you know, their main goal isn't to like take over the comic industry, it's just to like get their website eyeballs, right? Because yeah. they also have like, you know, they have an investment of like over $60 million. So they're giving money to like all these journalists too. And I mean, that's, I think more is, the journalism aspect is the part that I find the most interesting, not, not comics. Yeah, journalism and like prose yeah. and short stories and novellas. Like there's a, well, there's a whole like literature. Because there's no editorial and there's no... Uh, oh, so like, like a yeah, I didn't can go in there that. and just write whatever. And there's no like uh, like a New York Times review board or you know anyone checking up on anything. So like theoretically... Um, yeah, that's okay. That's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what scares me. And people are uh, fucking paying for it. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like so, greedily paying for fake blasphemous news or is i don't know i don't know i don't know how, you know maybe it isn't i, I don't know you know oh, I don't, well i've that's been the, the, the big critique so. about it is uh there's a lot of like bigotry just like every branch of social media there is in the world but i mean there's there's a lot of like uncontrolled bigotry on there and like the, the no editorial thing is like this is the the bad side of it is you can get on there and and spew hatred and falsities and all sorts of shit and no one can stop you and and then you can make money on it too which is i mean i guess oh, they're like alt-right people on Substack. Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Like I guess there was like a there's a lot of like anti-trans um uh literature oh, on there yeah. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So that that's been like the main that other other than like the, the digital versus physical purists, but like that that whole like um anti-LGBTQ plus stuff has been was a big deal today too. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I don't know. I'll take your word for it, but I don't know. Yeah, I didn't, like, I was working, so I didn't get to, like, click every link I saw. Also, but... <laughs> like, you know, I don't really also believe everything I read on Twitter, because... That is also true. 75% of the people on Twitter are unhinged, and they should go get a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> or they should save their tweets for their therapist. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I mean, sh I don't think their Honestly. therapist would see them then. <laughs> I see like, people there just like working. Like, guy, you know, I, talking about their entire day on there. It's like, goddamn, it's a tool. You use it, right? As long as yeah. you make it a life, don't make it a life journal. You know? Yeah, that's true. No, it's, it's not a food all. blog. You know? Yeah, just like talk about just, what you. I just like want the goddamn and... recipe. I don't want to read your life story, bud. Like, yeah. 
talk about comics, talk about what you love, you know, talk about your, you know, sports or pop culture or politics or whatever, but just don't like, you don't have to tell everyone about every emotion you're having or <laughs> what you had for lunch every day. Or... <laughs> if you don't take a picture of food, it's not real. <laughs> you gotta, you Those gotta show days. I wish, You know, honestly, I wish there was more pictures of food on the internet now. The world be yeah, Tony, it place. sounds like you're not eating very interesting things like we are. So, <laughs> you know, maybe don't I've judge. Got, I've got, hey, I've got a nice sandwich waiting for me on my counter when it's just done. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's the night, guys. Is like a, a brief chat with Blake's buzz and then a great sandwich. Like that's it. You've you've peaked. It's <laughs> waiting for me. It's on deck. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you said like you wish there was more food pictures because for a long time like everyone was like god everybody just posts fucking pictures of food and now like the world's yeah. gone to shit and everything's weird and everybody's like man I'm, i'd have those food pictures back <laughs> in a heartbeat <laughs> yeah the yeah. trends the trends that come and go that we deal with it's an interesting world yeah yeah so what, i mean i think a- there's enough people talking about how bad the world is i don't i try not to be online talking about it all day because like oh yeah i'm not you know also i'm not a scientist or a doctor or a politician yeah. so yeah. like i don't really yeah. feel like it's my, no. my <laughs> fight <my> to have <laughs> yeah. like, there's plenty of that if somebody wants to find out the truth they don't, exactly. they're not going to ask me what my opinion on uh, <laughs> anything important i draw comics <laughs> i draw comics about people who smoke the ashes of dead celebrities <laughs> and, the, and the worst dudes where everything <laughs> crazy happens that's funny well i guess i that's i mean i was gonna hope you guys were gonna like you know teach the audience how to live but i guess that was our next segment of like teach us what to do sirs you have to subscribe (laughs) to my Substack, and uh there you go (laughs) there it is the answer lies within the Substack. stack his 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 Substack profile name is sexy lexi Seven, seven it's bucks. Not only fans. It's a we better grab it before. Uh, yeah, we better grab it before. Uh, for the so I have so many friends who are grabbing their their, their Substack names right now. That's crazy. Just out of, just out of precaution. <laughs> yeah, I thought about yeah. it for a second, but I'm like, nah, no, no one gives a shit. Like, well, no that, gonna, yeah, like who wants to? Never going to ask me to. Who wants to like podcasters, comic reviewer, like newsletter? Like, well, this week I reviewed comics and did a podcast. Tune in next week I mean, where I review more. Yeah comics and still do the podcast I, uh, there's got to be at least one or two like podcasters or, or reviewers on Substack. i'm gonna guess that you're gonna cut all of this because it's just guys talking like any of us could be searching and like yeah. answering these questions but instead <laughs> we're gonna yeah, spend we're 15 minutes random, like, random, i don't know random, man random maybe they're maybe they're like part of the moon launch yeah. <laughs> yeah. no no yeah, then you gotta like send in a value of blood man and then like cross check it with like gray blood uh-huh. I heard Substack means they're underwater. Yes. No way, bro. And then you got to play the Moloch, the owl, and then you like got to go to the Bohemian Grove. You, you get go. Substack, man. You got to go, go ask for the stuff behind the counter, man. That's where it's at. The good <laughs> stuff behind the counter. And don't show them your ID when they ask, man, because you don't have to. That's unconstitutional. Yeah. You just ask for the high quality Petro, man. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I tried, I tried edit uh, some stuff. Um, uh, Yeah. So I mean, I, yeah, I'll try and make us sound cool. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we don't, we don't know nothing about Substack, no, no, clearly. It's your, it's, your, it's your podcast, but you know, yeah. like, I just, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call this. It's this isn't your guys's Kickstarter episode anymore. This is like the deep the dive into Substack. This, this is the Substack comic discourse yeah. episode, ladies and gentlemen. Like, prepare yeah. to learn. Yeah. yeah, screw our Kickstarter. Let's like all these people are making more money than they deserve. Let's give them attention. <laughs> this, this is our true crime podcast. Yeah. We suspect Substack murdered a guy. <laughs> And uh, this is the cover up. Comments are the cover up. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Lex's uh, uh, Substack is part of uh, Pizzagate, right? Isn't that what's true? Right. <laughs> Pizzagate, Pizzagate and the Lizardmen. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, anyway, enough about Substack. Starweed is uh, live on Kickstarter. And <laughs> there's how many days left, uh, Lex? 23, 24? Yeah, 23, 24. We're basically one weekend. One weekend. Um, uh, we are better than we were uh, for at this time, and uh, in for Star Week number one, and then we had a uh, a one thousand um, dollar reward tier that some generous uh, backer grabbed immediately. So wow. that skews everything as far as being able to compare the two. Uh, but we're doing really well. Um, yeah, and we have a higher goal this time around, too. So I also think it's really awesome that you guys got Erica Henderson to do a variant. Like, that, first of all, that's just, uh, it's, a, it's a good eye grabber. It's a pretty cover. Uh, but her her name uh, right now is, I mean, she's got a hot name. So, like, mm -hmm. I mean, when you can drop, like, hey, Erica Henderson did, did a variant, like, that's going to, that's going to, you know, pop, pop some, pop some eyelids. And it's a, like I said, it's a, it's a great cover. Um, I think you guys have a affordable Kickstarter. I, I appreciate that as a, as a consumer and avid purchaser, uh, whether you guys go, you know, digital or, or like the price for the physical one and two, which is what I grabbed. Uh, I, uh, it, you know, it's, you guys aren't going to break the pocket. It's a fun story. Thank you. Um, and thank you for doing that. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, uh, I was, I was really, like I said, like I, not, not to like, you know, lift Tony up too high, but I just, I, he, he seems like a really cool guy and, and watching all his press he did with, with uh, Bob and Kevin, who are like friends of, of my blog and, uh, and, you know, like, like to do interviews with me and are just nice to me sometimes. And Bob France said I was cool. <laughs> so like, <laughs> like, I, like I took that and hung that on the refrigerator. Um, but you know, like just watching him like interact with Bob and Kevin and, um, and I'm just like his art, like I really got into his art. And then when I saw and heard about this and like, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't say no, man. You like drugs and dinosaurs and, and <laughs> like, how do you say no to that? Like, that's the dream. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that was what I was thinking. Like, oh, it's drugs and dinosaurs. And there's like a, starts off in a space jail called the Beebs. Like where, <laughs> what else do we need? Space, Honestly, space pirates and shenanigans and, and yeah. High, <laughs> corpse heist. Like yeah, you guys, yeah. I mean, when you when you start listing off all the shit that happens in one issue of your guys's comic, it's it's almost sounds impossible. Like you're like, all that can't happen and still make sense. And you're like, actually, yes, it does. <laughs> like, because yes, it's structured, it's structured and paced like extremely well. Uh, and like you guys talked about earlier, you know, like the world building, uh, how you guys kind of did that with like the cartoon and how you're kind of sprinkling uh, those scenes into into each issue and stuff. Like, I don't know, it was, it was like I said, it was it was smart writing and it was you know beautiful art and it was really good to know that both of you together like work better with each other and bounce ideas off each other like that because I, like i said that's where i think great literature comes from and that's the bummer about like uh you know typical prose and you know short stories and stuff like that is is you don't have the, that collaborative magic that comic books does that's that's part of what i think is so cool about all this 
Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. And this was a lot of fun to make. And, uh, you know, comics should be fun. And uh, Dory has joined us. So uh, <laughs> the the uncredited uh, fifth collaborator. This is where she's the actually, money goes, too, is to feeding the dog. So, yeah, like, well, she's, that's she's why you have to She's got a voracious appetite. Yeah, she's got a voracious appetite. Um, look at her. She's, she's, so a, gig- she's so gigantic. Yeah, I mean, if I don't feed her, she'll eat me. So. <laughs> And, and you might recognize her from the bottom right of the uh, first cover, the, uh, yeah. the best girl in the world cameo. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't put two and two together. Yeah. So that cover um, for the first issue, it's funny because we were thinking about ideas and uh, we kick around ideas from like the old uh, like Zap Comics era of like kind of like drug paraphernalia, like propaganda posters and, and the, the underground comic scene of like the Bay Area from like the 60s and 70s. And I, I, was, I was looking at all these cool like crumb covers and things of that nature. And I came across this post, this uh, photograph of somebody in, the, in this from the 70s, someone standing against the wall. It might have been late 60s. And they're standing against the wall in a pose. And around them uh, was like painting, like different, like a cool, like art deco-y kind of postmodern-y looking painting with different images all around it. And they kind of like framed this individual who was against this wall. And I thought like, wow, that'd be cool. And, and, and they all were like, look like posters and stuff. So I thought it'd be cool to like have uh, digs in front of like a wall with different posters, like either with like, I think a, a homage to Led Zeppelin album cover in there and um, like a, a Marxist uh, Workers Unite poster and a couple other uh, cool counterculture uh, touchstones. And then uh, nice. and in the corner, I threw Dory in there. This is a little, <laughs> a little nod and a wink to, to my girl. Yeah, I, I like how, how busy the pages are. And, and they're not like, it's not busy like negatively, but like when they're in the red square and stuff and just like all the all the billboards and stuff, man, like it really just yeah, those the, the backgrounds. I, like, I went on Google Translate and looked up oh, really? uh, Russian words. Yeah, yeah, I didn't make shit. I mean, I don't know Russian, so. Whereas I spent nine months in, in um, red square in order to research that 13 page uh, sequence. <laughs> That's a writer. Because I take my job seriously, unlike Tony. <laughs> you just ate like borscht for... <laughs> for, for nine months <laughs> i don't know what i ate because i didn't understand the language and i loved it <laughs> vodka and mystery meat was alex's uh, oh wow that's a, for nine months. that's a vacation <laughs> <laughs> yeah he went there for the summers, but he stayed for the winters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's something Tony does really well. And it's, you can see it on all his books is there is an incredible attention to detail uh, for things like establishing shots like that Moscow red square. Um, and then, you know, you turn the page or you look at the next panel and he understands like, now we need some negative space. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, figuring that out and, and how that, that, that works in a, in a panel layout and or a page layout with panels um, really intuitive. Uh, I don't know how much uh, time you spend on that, or if, if you're at a point now where you're like, you know, you can see it in your mind's eye, and then this, then you can just put it on the page. But um, it's it comes, it, it ends up being a very, really nice product with a good balance of those two things. Well, thanks. Yeah, it's a little bit of like uh, intuitiveness now at this point because I've been doing it for long enough. But also, like, I try to make sure I don't get caught like uh, i don't get stuck in a rut or rhythm that it's easily predictable mm. i try to mix it up so i try to like make sure i'm trying you know I'll, maybe i'll establish a shot later on in the next page or you know i'll zoom out or something but you know i always like prescribe that theory that to- alex toth had about you know you draw the shit out of what do you have to draw and then save your energy on the stuff you don't like so if you can okay. just draw a headshot like you do a cre- you do put in the labor on the establishing shot because you want everyone to know where you're at and then you establish certain like landmarks within that scene so if i say like for example, like Red Square, you know, Lennon's tomb is right here, right? Okay, well, that is that. And then there's certain 
iconic parts. Like the, in the opening of that scene, I established it and you can kind of tell how the top of the building looks. So the characters are sitting on top of that building. Oh, I'm going to draw as a pillar or like a part of mm. the wall. But you know that that's where they are. And then this is where they are in relation to the space that they're uh, that they're residing in, you know. And uh, that, But you have to do a really good job establishing that. And you have to have certain things that are that the reader is going to notice that will like be visual cues that okay. they'll go back to. Because we all have that and like it's a it's a it's an illusion you know it's a trick like your mind fills in the blanks so if i like draw you know this is where Diggs is standing in front of lennon's corpse and this is the way the rug is and this is like where the, the dudes the guards are standing and then there's you know certain highlights to that then like i can just kind of reference that and move the camera around and i have to draw the entire room every single time you know because yeah. you know you can't do that and also like yeah, there's only so many hours in a day. So <laughs> that's that's how you get carpal tunnel. Like I'm pretty yeah, sure it's yeah. like Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. That's the trick, right? When you're starting out, you just that you don't you don't know what you have to draw and what you can leave out. And as you get as you start doing it and you make enough books, you start to get enough pages under your belt that you when you become understand. the Jedi master. <laughs> or just a lazy son of a bitch. <laughs> These are not the panels you thought. The they least were. amount of work as possible. That's what it's <laughs> like. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna when you were first explaining it, I was gonna call it smart laziness, and then I was like, no, yeah. don't be an asshole to your podcast guests. No, that well, may, well, it's work, work smarter, <laughs> work smarter, not harder, right? I mean, yeah. that's like what we all want to do. So, like when the, the four pager that I drew for uh, the Kickstarter backer um, takes place in a, uh, a music scene, like Alex wrote this crazy four page short for our Kickstarter backer that I illustrated. It takes place in a music festival called Burning Mouse, and it's kind of, Alex. You want to describe it? Uh, I don't know how much we want to give away of it, but yeah, it's a little bit like a um, an over commercialized um, uh, Burning Man. Uh, the idea, what, what's the phrase that Burning Man that's, that's common that uh, this is a um, uh, fee free society? It's or it's a um, <laughs> no substance. No, sorry. Yeah, a, a gifting economy. This is a gifting oh, economy. Yes. So like they you know, they cross that out. Like this is a gift shop economy. You know. It's, <laughs> So are you guys going to be in an anthology? No, no, uh, no, no. We don't. We don't have a publishing plan for this one yet. Oh. It might come in the next issue. It might come with a trade. Um, might do it as a mini comic. We don't know. But one of the backers for the first one, um, or actually now it looks like two uh, backers for the first one, uh, wanted uh, their own. Basically, they're the corpse. They are the famous corpse in our oh, cool. world. It's, it's canon uh, that Diggs and Taj will will go retrieve. Uh, so we got to figure out like why they were famous, maybe why they died, that sort of thing, and where their corpse is now. And uh, so that's the the idea behind it. And um, and in this one, yeah, the the corpse happens to be at a Burning Man festival. <laughs> on on what stage, is the corpse. What is the corpse doing there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe it's on stage. Why is it on stage? You know, so there's, there's a lot of different things. I, I honestly, the main reason I don't want to give it away is because, because I want that that backer to be able to experiment, experience oh, it sure. for the first time. I, you know, the chances of them checking out this podcast on the wrong time, like, <laughs> wow, I'm clicking on this. Oh, now you gave it. Yeah, you ruined it for me. Uh, wanting their money back. You know, who knows? But, um, but yeah. So, uh, so, and 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 exploring the music scene is something that we we didn't get a chance to do enough in the in the comic itself and that's such a big important part of, of drug culture um so you know seeing these little opportunities to do something a little bit different uh uh and and, and using that yeah that's what that's about 
That's cool. I've been really scared of like, there's been a couple of times where um, I was going to like do the back where like, you know, pay this much to be a zombie in the Kickstarter comic or, oh, yeah. you know, be, be with someone who dies. And, and I was like, man, I was like, that's how I get homeless is I get like <laughs> every Kickstarter comic is going to have Blake Morgan in it. And then like, Oh no, like all my money's gone. <laughs> Did you, are you, were you going to have me draw you as a pirate? In the, in the pirates? <laughs> I that... thought I will. Cause I thought about it cause it, it was close to the uh, commission price. Bob, Bob France, this is my Bob voice. Do I sound like Bob? Hey there, Blake, I'm Bob France. <laughs> that Arr, was like Bob's like, pirate voice perfectly. Arr, I'm Bob. Salty Bob France. <laughs> <laughs> I love Bob so much. He's, yeah, he's good people. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so I was going to get all character. the covers and then, then they announced your, your sketches and that's when I was getting into your art and the four preview sketches that you guys posted on that Kickstarter page, like, dude, that, that Anna Cinti daredevil cover mm. homage, you'd like, fuck, dude. Like, Mary. Oh, yeah. oh my Mary. God. Like that was good. And you had like, a really book right here. I love that book. I, yeah. I love that book so much. It's, oh, God. it's a John Romita like, Jr. too. It's yeah. Like, is, yeah. Is daredevil like the only big two you read? Cause that's super metal. Like if you're like, I don't uh, read big two, but daredevil. Well, I mean, I, I grew up on big twos like everybody okay. else, you know, uh, I don't read it currently. Like I think I, I'll buy something like if a friend is, is making something like a, oh. specifically an artist, I don't, I don't really follow writers. I follow artists because I'm an artist, you know, yeah. like uh, I generally like art that I like and then friends uh, art that I like. Uh, I usually pick up, uh, and if it's big too, like my my buddy Bob Quinn is drawing drawing Wave X, mm-hmm. so I picked it up. I have no idea what's going on because I haven't read X Men comic in over a decade, <laughs> so I don't know who any of the characters are. But I like looking at Bob's work, so and I, and I read it, and I think I understand vaguely what's going on, but I don't like. There's a lot. There's a lot going on in X Men. I don't read the Hickman grass and none of that shit. I ain't got time for that. So like, I just <laughs> I just look at Bob's art, and then you know. And then, like, I'll buy, uh, like, Beta Ray Bill because, like, I love D- Darren Warren Johnson. Dude, work. yeah, he's a machine. And his stories are, like, self-contained, so, like, I don't need to, like, read uh, tie-ins or anything else to know what's going on. Like, Dead Earth was was awesome. Yeah. All his image books are great. And, my, and Mike Spicer, his colorist, is, one of my, is my brother. Yeah. I mean, we came up together. We were, like, we... we we came up in South Florida together. We're both bartenders. We started, we worked on the, our first comic together. Um, I'm like, he's, we're family. So I follow anything Mike does. That's but awesome. like, yeah. But as far as like uh, reading big two regularly, like, no, I don't read Batman or none of that stuff. Like um, I used to Yeah. back, back when like daredevil was one book or, and it was like a, you read a run and it lasted a couple of years and you could get into the character. Mm-hmm. But nowadays they're just once again, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 45. So like after a while, once I you know, got in my thirties, I noticed, how like they just started doing that whole like a crisis every year and it yeah. would revamp the entire universe and everything that i read for the last year or so is out the window you know all that canon all that stuff is gone and then it kind of makes you realize like what am i doing reading all this really yeah <laughs> like i love comics and i still buy like image books and indie books and i'll buy like the dc and marvel one you know elseworld stuff or you know the batman black and white and i love that but like mm-hmm. as far as like the continuity stuff and the canon like the the monthly book like i can't but the crossovers yeah i was the same way the reason i i stopped reading uh like i, I read uh spider-man for a while and it was when there were three spider-man things a month and then <laughs> you had to you know if i'm only reading amazing and then now there's a crossover between web of and peter 
Peter Parker spectacular. Like, oh, I need to do this again. Okay, that's fine. And then that, <laughs> that and they both cross over with the greater universe. I was like, you know what? Yeah. I give up. And yeah. They had the new Spider-Man number one, even though I love what McFarlane was doing. Uh, like, I love the art and everything else. I just like, you know what? I can't do four. I can't do four. But... So I, <laughs> you know what? I switched to, yeah. So I switched to X-Men probably around that time. And you know what? You know that's got the New Mutants, X-Men, and then Uncanny X-Factor. X-Men or something. Yeah. And then that went to three to from three a month, you know, all crossing over to four. And you're like, all right, I'm out, you know. Yeah. 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 Like right, right now at, at any given time, cause they're, they're doing the new mini series in X-Men mm-hmm. and I have all them on my pull, but I, I'm 30, 40 issues behind now. Cause mm-hmm. I didn't read for two months. And yeah. I just, I keep buying oh, them. Cause wow. I'm like, if you don't like, if I don't buy them, like the fucking angry little voices in my head, get, they're like, you, like, you're missing these issues. Like you, you can't just stop at number, <laughs> you know, like you, Oh, you bought 27 issues. You're not going to buy the 28. And so, yeah, like that shit eats at me. Cause I'm a completionist, yeah. but at any, like, there's 11 X-Men ish X-Men series out pretty much Twice. at all times right now. So Twice. it's 11, 11 a month. If you pull wow. everything They're making up for a lot of time, huh? Yeah. For a while there when they, when they lost that, the, the movie rights, they weren't putting out any X-Men book. They were like, uh, you know what? Fox owns the X-Men. You're yeah. not going to get any X-Men like, comics. Sorry. Too bad. <laughs> now it's like, Oh, we own the rights again. Here you go. Here's 11 of them. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just commend you gentlemen on having a one word title? That like is so damn easy to say, <laughs> like this yeah. new like sentence fragment comic title of like okay I get it you're creative and a lot of them are great like the the me you love in the dark I really liked it but I'm just like I sound like a I just think I sound like a pretentious douchebag saying the it me, like the me you love in the dark is the yeah book. Scotty Scotty okay. Young's new um, horror okay. title from Image um, yeah the me okay. the me that the me you love in the dark something you know of course something's killing the children um, yeah. the, the house, on the the house by the lake on the shores yeah the dark house I don't want to. I'm not trying to be dismissive. I just don't remember the name. I think it's it's the house on the lake. Or okay. it's Tiki Tiki Timbo, no Sarembo. <laughs> you guys know that story? No. <laughs> no. I thought you were just making funny words. No, no, it's like a high, make a hiney ho. I remember that. No, no, it's a short story uh, about a kid with a really long name, and he gets he falls in a well, and so so his friends are like, uh, like, hey, we need to go tell somebody that he fell in a well. So he get the the, he run his friend runs through the parents and says, hey. Tiki Tiki Tembo no Sarim. I and mean, basically by the time they, they go through the entire name, uh, I think the boy drowns. I don't want to give away the story, but so it's got a happy ending. That's that's, that's good. So yeah, yeah, see, that's that the moral of the story is to have a strong singular word title like Starweed and just, mm-hmm. just come out and and you know drop drop bombs on Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah you don't want to be at the Eisner's and then somebody basically be like, and the envelope goes too. They open up the envelope like and a goes scroll. Ah, how's, uh, Starweed. Just <laughs> fuck it. No, let's just take the easy way out. The dark strain by the lake made of the dead people that you know. <laughs> You could have called it the lake house. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. You know, though, I I do I do like those long titles, and I'm definitely guilty of it myself. With uh, Pinocchio is punching you and some other things, but that's yeah, yeah, but that's like that's pretty good. Punchy title, but if you you find a good title like Star like Starweed was like if somebody else had come up with like if if a book or a movie had come out between the time we started and the time we released it, I don't know. Like, could we have found a title that was more suited that kind of tells you what you want science fiction it's mm. and the funny thing is starweed is an actual plant it's a very boring plant <laughs> yeah i looked it up 
Yeah, but I kind of I think I, I think I kind of designed the logo after the a little bit because it's like a fruit, Ooh. right? And it looks like a star. Yeah, I don't even remember. It's been so long it's since I looked. Fruit. I might think of a star fruit. I might be thinking of star fruit. You think you might be thinking of star fruit? Yeah, is that the one with the weird spikes on it? Star fruit. Yeah. 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 Kind of looks like a star though. Yeah, I don't know if we could have another title for this book. I don't know. Yeah, the, the I, get, great I mean, I could lost in the space with the dinos. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> like, also, it's a, I want to uh, also shout out Rico Renzi for designing mm-hmm. the recreational comic book user T-shirt as uh, a uh, reward on on the Kickstarter. Yeah, that name is really good too. Speaking of good names for stuff, the recreational comic book, like that's so that's I, I've I've been uh, I keep going back and forth on the add-ons for you guys, like wanting the stickers because. Like I okay, so I have like a shit ton of stickers that like I like get from Kickstarter, and and I'm like I'm I don't put them on anything like my laptop. I put a bunch on my laptop, but I can't put any more on there. And like I don't. What else do I put stickers on? That's like gonna what, they're like they're gonna stay. Like I don't your refrigerator. Maybe yeah. we have to peel them off at some point. Uh, <laughs> I put them on like I put stickers on my drafting table. Oh yeah. So like yeah, I have stickers on my drafting table on my light box. Uh, That's I could do that because I I have my grandpa's old it's it's like then again like me being a sucker for nostalgia like i have this little bedside table that was my grandpa's reading table um that he always had next to his chair and like that's what i do like my podcast and stuff on but it's like it's not a desk and so i have like a laptop and a mic stand and a, a usb box it's just like it's just like a little clusterfuck but it has like good energy and i blame yeah. like all blake's buzz like good things that happen to me on my grandpa's table because everything <laughs> i've done like happens on my grandpa's table so I was like, I have to keep doing this because if I change it, like it's going to fall apart. So I, I could start putting stickers on there. That's, that's a name for a comic. All the good things I do come on, uh, happen because of my grandpa's table. <laughs> <laughs> it's just long enough to be a hit. Yeah, that's a classic image book. <laughs> I'll hit him up. I'll hit him up when I get, like, hey guys, I know, I know I'm not supposed to like pitch comic creator stuff because that's like the ultimate sin, but. I got this title. No plot, but all title. Like, let's do it. Let's party. Give me that substack money. It was because of my grandpa's table. <laughs> I think I think the big two would be into it. You know, Batman year grandma's table. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you know, the that's, bat, the bat know, computer's on it. It's like this giant bat computer on a tiny little table. Has anyone ever explored where Batman's grandparents went after his parents got murdered? They just he didn't have were they dead or or something or yeah. I just like, I always why, assumed. Why? Why was he? Yeah, why was he alone? He didn't have an uncle come take care of him. <laughs> they, have, like, they, they come from a long line of getting shot in dark alleyways. It's like it's in their <laughs> <They're jeans. all> <laughs> Yeah, I always, I always like. Why would rich people do anything other than just like yeah? Why sit around and be rich, man? I know that's a shitty thing to do, but as someone who works every day for like not a lot of money and like, do, I wish like I was rich. If yeah. I was rich, like fuck everybody, man. Yeah, I, but you know, well, let, let's <laughs> let's pitch DC and we have Bruce Wayne basically instead of becoming a batman he basically his parents die and he wants to go into space so he built a rocket <laughs> and he wears a cowboy hat and boots and man what were we talking about we just <laughs> went off on the tangent rico renzi's shirt yeah rico did an amazing job rico rico is one of the co-creators of spider gwen amazing colorist right now he's working on he-man for dark horse and he was also working on uh, uh, Mr. Miracle for DC. And he designed this amazing shirt, uh, the recreational comic book user shirt, which is pretty dope. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait Zing. to have one. Zinger. <laughs> 
and the stickers I'll be wearing that shirt. and you can yeah, get the, the sti- you can get the sick. stickers and the shirt you can put those stickers on, on your on your grandpa's bedside table and yep. make your it's internet dreams thing. come true <laughs> <laughs> become internet famous <laughs> yes that's what we all want internet <laughs> famous for like a year or two and try not to get canceled don't there be an go. asshole it's real easy <laughs> Remember when, when, when we first social media first started and the internet first came up, it was like, don't feed the trolls and yeah. you just ignore them. And everyone just knew you just ignore the shitheads. And then something happened around like 2014, 2015, leading up to the election where it was just like, all of a sudden mm. the trolls got fed. Someone started feeding the trolls <laughs> and then, or someone started like feeding the trolls from say, uh, in Eastern Bloc country, <laughs> but literally feeding them with wages and money, <laughs> and, uh, and things got way out of hand. And now everyone's just reacts to everything online, and uh, everyone, everything you talk about, simple little things like a like a He Man cartoon that becomes like a cultural war. Thing. God damn, right? Like, <laughs> like what is happening? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a trap. We, my buddy and I, were joking the other day about how like when we were kids, like all the stuff we used to watch when we were kids always had like quicksand traps in it. And so like when we were younger, we were all like terrified of fucking quicksand. Like, like I'm going to accidentally step in it one day and like, you can't do anything. Like you're just sink and die. Yeah, it has to be like a vine nearby or a snake. Yeah, or... You have to have like a vine or like, Oh, a random horse. Thank God. Like, <laughs> but it's, and so I feel like a lot of times, like, you know, getting into these like internet spats, it's, it's fucking quicksand, man. It's the internet. You can get up and walk away from your computer, set your phone down and go you know like, yep let's go outside breathe some fresh air and not give a shit <laughs> yeah and you probably got the right idea about you know quitting facebook or not having a facebook account but uh yeah. i i you know, i want to keep in touch with you know friends and that sort of thing and yeah. yet i i'm fully aware that there's no way i can keep in touch with friends on facebook because they're not showing me my friends posts they're <laughs> showing me like the, the the things that are most likely to i'm gonna get a weird reaction about or something mm-hmm. yeah so like yeah. i'll miss the birth of my friend's kid but i will know what they you know how they brush their teeth and whether they what they think of trump and like i like i i don't just that's great that your multi-level marketing thing is going well but i want to know about life yeah you know what gets me is when like you'll be sitting around and you're like I, like I, the, I have a record player and uh it's it's uh it's in storage right now it's not set up mm-hmm. and the other day i was like i was like man i should get the record player out and i guys i shit you not like i opened my phone and looked at facebook and there's all these record ads and i'm like what is what is happening Whoa. i was like no i was like that is that is against the rules facebook you can't do that like that's because it's i never get facebook ads about comics oddly enough and because I, I and that's all i, I talk about food and i talk about comics but yeah like this random like and i think i probably like texted my sister or something like i don't mm-hmm. think i'm not saying like my phone was recording me necessarily no, they definitely <laughs> like if you type something in your phone it will pop up in your yeah it's yeah for sure no it's it crazy <laughs> so, uh, yeah, guys it's, i just got a notification from facebook saying we need to stop talking about them i don't know that's <laughs> oh, Zuckerberg's coming for us oh no yeah, that's right that's right I don't have a Facebook. I deleted it uh, five years ago. Yeah. I never looked back. And uh, yeah, I don't miss it one bit. I made one for work because it's really, I I deal with uh, real estate agents all day. Mm -hmm. And so I made a Facebook for my dog so (laughs) that I could actually like get on Facebook and like pull up realtor profiles and find their emails to send them like confirmation emails for home inspections. Long long story short, like I, I made a Facebook for my dog and then my good friends like found my dog on Facebook. And then now I'm like, back on facebook so <laughs> it's like oops and of course
course, now your dog is an anti-vaxxer, but oh, uh, yeah, totally. yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, otherwise it's great. <laughs> My dog's your dog, a big your dog asshole. is a secessionist and an anti-vaxxer, a <laughs> <That's> giant <right>. asshole. <laughs> Please, the word, I, was like, I was like, jokes on you, you furry fucker. You already have a chip inside of you, so ha. <laughs> I could track you wherever I want. Yeah, I was like, that's right. You ain't got shit on me. Like that's it. Oh, and they let me sleep. He has his own chair. Like you know. Oh yeah. Like, like, like I'm not. We. Their animals like run our house. Like I'm not. We're not those people that are like. No, they can't get on the couch. No, they, they can't have people food. Like our dogs. Our dogs live better than we do, man. Like we live for those. I, I learned how to bake them dog treats like the other day, like, cause I, I bake cookies and stuff and now and then. And, and I was like, I fucking baked my dog dog treats. And I was like, what are you doing with your life? Like, and I mean, it was real, it was like oatmeal and peanut butter and a banana and flour. So like, I mean, it, it was real simple is why I tried it, but I was like, it's still, man, you, you, you make the dough and then you roll the dough out. And you know, I, I didn't like make dog bones or anything. I just cut them into squares, but I was, you know, like, I spent like an hour and a half after baking a couple trays of them at 20 minutes a piece, you know, like, I was like, I just did this on a Saturday for you motherfuckers. You don't care. <laughs> like, no, you could have went to the store and bought them. Yeah. Cookies, they, don't, they don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I get these for my dog. They have these, uh, this local uh, person makes these things called Katie's cookies and they're dog treats and they smell, they smell way too good for dog treats. They smell like actual cookies. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, my dog wouldn't give a shit if I made those at home or if I <laughs> just went to the store and bought them because she eats them in two seconds too. Okay. Yeah. My dog has, my dog has a degenerative uh, spinal condition because she's a, part Dachshund, part wiener dog. So she's got like this degenerative spinal thing, like arthritis essentially. And uh, the CBD, man, it fixes her right up. She, she get, takes some and she t- she crashes out and then she'll wake up. And once she like, you know, gets her wits about her again, she's like healthy and back to normal and playful hmm. and energetic. Uh, yeah. And it's, I just give her, you know, she's a little dog. So I only have to give her a little bit. I guess and, that makes sense. Cause there was one night at the bar uh, when, when I, in my bar days, <laughs> this is like when the CBD oil was like first, everybody started having it and they were like putting it on any, putting it on any, anything. Cause it like made it any, every party you feel better. These like these drunk chick, this chick was like talking about how um, she puts it on her nipples and she was like, no, it's like, it's the best feeling ever. And everybody was like, what are you talking about? So next thing I know, like I'm the, I'm your drunk, your friendly hammered off his ass door guy. Cause it's a, it's a slower Saturday night. So like, I don't have shit to do. So like, I've got my, my work shirt pulled up at the bar and like these, <laughs> These like three beautiful women are just like rubbing CBD oil on my nipples. And like, you know, that, that's the shit that you like walk into the next day at work. Cause like at the bar, I worked Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right. Cause if I was a bouncer bar back, those were the money nights for the tip outs. So like, you know, you're, you're drunk Saturday night getting CBD, CBD oiled nipples. And then you come into work the next day and like everybody's showing you fucking pictures of you at the bar, like with your shirt pulled up and all these, I was like, Oh God. I was like, why, why would you take pictures of that? I'm like, that's not cool. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm glad I worked. I was a bartender and i worked the door at clubs and nightclubs for 15 years oh wow uh, from, yeah from south florida to southern california to colorado so i i've walked in on plenty of things <laughs> and I, I, people walk in on me on plenty of things back in the day when i was a young man 15 years in the industry man that's that's a run just to just to circle back 
Um, we got these two guys and they got a Kickstarter campaign going, which I think you should back. And I haven't led you followers astray yet. I, I think I got pretty good taste in comics. And uh, both of these guys, they're they're just good guys for one. Uh, you know, Lex is a talented writer. Tony is a phenomenal artist. Um, they got uh, they got a great color, a great letter. They got a really solid team on this on this Starweed comic. And uh, like I said, Erica Henderson does the uh, variant for issue two. Uh, that is worth the uh, extra couple bucks, I think. Got got some cool T-shirts and stickers, uh, guys. Where can we find you online? Where's the best place to look you up, Tony? Where you at? I am uh, on uh, Twitter at at Tony Gregory. Tony G is my uh, handle, and then on uh, Instagram, it's at Tony Gregory. And Tony is spelled T-O-E-K-N-E-E. So like Tony. Uh, that's it. Lex, where can we find you at? Uh, on Twitter, I'm Alexotica. Uh, or just, uh, it's just Exotica or Exotic. Alexotica. Um, really, just go to starweed.com. That's going to send you to the Kickstarter. And I'm sure that after the the, uh, the Kickstarter is over, we'll have that point to where you, where you can find us next. So. All right. And and guys, for all your uh, Substack needs and any inquiries on that we are here to help you and guide you through these troublesome yeah. times of, of comic metamorphosis <laughs> never lead you astray <laughs> guys thank you so like i, I had a really good time talking to you yeah, I'm, I'm really excited yeah. to read issue two of your comic um i wish you both the best and again like, like this was cool thanks for coming on my show i appreciate you